My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to another week with The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 23rd of January. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. All eyes were glued to the TV in the TDA newsroom, or if you were me, on Twitter on the plane. Last week as New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced her shock resignation. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election and that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. But while internationally she's being remembered for her empathy and her strength in the face of tragedy... We share in your grief and sorrow and we are devastated and we will hold you close. Closer to home, she's been facing rising concerns over the economy, housing and crime. Tonight about 41,000 of us will be bedding down without adequate access to housing. So in today's deep dive, we're going to look at what's contributed to those two very different images of Jacinda Ardern. The one in New Zealand and the one outside New Zealand. But first, Sam, what's making headlines? Chris Hipkins will become the next Prime Minister of New Zealand. Hipkins ran unopposed for the position of leader of the Labour Party and will be sworn in on Wednesday. Outgoing PM Jacinda Ardern announced that she was stepping down from the position last week, saying she, quote, had no more in the tank. The three people charged with murdering schoolboy Cassius Turvey will remain behind bars after appearing in a Perth court on Friday. Alicia Louise Gilmore, Mitchell Colin Forth and Brodie Lee Palmer were not required to enter a plea on Friday and will now return to court on the 29th of March. Outside court, Cassius's mother, Michelle Turvey, said, It's not just about a court date, you know. This is every day for us mob here. Buckingham Palace have revealed details of King Charles III's coronation, which will be a three-day affair starting on the 6th of May. It's thought to be a shorter, more scaled-back affair than Queen Elizabeth's coronation back in 1953, with members of the public encouraged to use a public holiday the following Monday to volunteer for their local communities. And the good news, a trial that provided free period products to school students in Helsinki, Finland, has been hailed a success with the program distributing period products to 753 pupils at four schools. A survey conducted after the trial found the students and schools involved in the pilot said it normalised menstruation and encouraged discussion and debate around the topic of period poverty. Sam, I think it's fair to say that the resignation of New Zealand's PM Jacinda Ardern came as quite the shock last week. In the office, we'd been speaking about doing a piece for a little while, actually before this news came through, about Jacinda Ardern and about what the sentiments were both inside and outside of New Zealand because as our comment section reflected after the resignation announcement, there is this real divide between how people view her on her domestic policies versus perhaps the symbolism of her actions on an international level. And so that's what I really want to talk about today because we've seen it amplified in recent days, but it's existed and it's been there for a little while. In fact, the last polls of 2022 were some of the worst that Ardern's experienced in her leadership and were actually a return to the low levels that the Labor Party, which is her party, 
that they were polling at when she took over the leadership back in 2017. And so I thought it'd be interesting to look back at Ardern's time as PM and understand the political context she was and continues to operate in. So perhaps to start this conversation, can we return to that 2017 moment where she took over power? What did her ascent to power look like? So when Jacinda Ardern took over the leadership of the Labor Party, it's fair to say that they were really struggling, but their decision to put her, Jacinda Ardern, in the top job paid off with a very healthy boost to the party's popularity by almost as much as 20 percentage points, which is just unheard of. She took off in the 27 election and support for her was dubbed Jacinda Mania. She was young, she was a woman, she had a funny anecdote about this one time she DJed and she mastered social media and I want to talk about this a bit later but she mastered social media in a way that no other politicians in New Zealand could do at the time and her popularity allowed the Labor Party to form a coalition after that 2017 election and unexpectedly beat the National Party which up until two months before the election had anticipated a very comfortable return to government. And that sense of popularity has been maintained throughout her leadership, at least on an international level. I can think of a couple of key moments where she really stepped up on that international stage. Zara, what moments do you think of from her prime ministership? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely the obvious ones, like after the Christchurch massacre in 2019, and that was when 51 people were killed in a terrorist attack while praying at two mosques. On a quiet Friday afternoon, a man stormed into a place of peaceful worship and took away the lives of 50 people. That quiet Friday afternoon has become our darkest of days. The scale of that devastation was felt around the world. And you'll remember that photograph of Jacinda Ardern being with and holding members of the community that had just been utterly devastated that day. And it really stuck with people. And of course, the policy response that came after that terrorist attack with the banning of firearms has since been celebrated around the world for the decisiveness and the quickness with which that response was implemented. And then in December 2019, and something that I've noticed while reflecting on her prime ministership is just how many tragedies New Zealand was beset with during this prime ministership. And so another one was in December 2019 when the Fakari White Island erupted, killing 21 people. There again, Jacinda Ardern was depicted demonstrating some really strong empathy. She was meeting first responders and praising first responders and she later said this in Parliament. To those who have lost or are missing family and friends, we share in your grief and sorrow and we are devastated. I say to those who have lost and grieve, you are forever linked to our nation and we will hold you close. And then there was COVID and I think that we saw this very human response yet again from Jacinda Ardern. I vividly remember we were in one lockdown or another and um, I follow her on Instagram and so I got an alert that she was doing an Instagram live and it was just, I mean, the Prime Minister sitting on the floor talking to the camera, emulating this like feeling of utter confusion that everyone else was feeling but trying to take people through it and speak about politics and policies in a very human way and I just remember thinking that that was a really strong way to show leadership during a time where people really really needed it. And then more recently, who could forget it, there was this iconic moment in a press conference that should have never happened with Finnish Prime Minister Sana Marin. Yeah, a lot of people will be wondering are you two meeting just because you know, you're similar in age and, you know, got a lot of, you know, common stuff there, you know, when you got into politics and stuff, or can Kiwis actually expect to see 
more deals so between cool. our two countries down the line. Because my, there first, is, I mean, my first question is, I wonder whether or not anyone ever asked Barack Obama and John Key if they met because they mm. were of similar age. Uh, we, of course, uh, have uh, a higher proportion of men in politics. It, it's reality. Because two women meet, it's not simply because of the agenda. I think that's a pretty good cross-section of those moments where Ardern cut through to us as a global audience and really won people over. Now can we take the conversation to a more domestic front? Because there definitely is a different perspective of her at home, right? Yes, there is a very, very big distinction, as I said, between how we in Australia and the rest of the world see Jacinda Ardern and how New Zealanders do. So at one point during COVID... Jacinda Ardern's Labor government was polling at 53%, which is unusually high. And she won an election in a landslide back in 2020. But since that time, her approval ratings have just continued to drop. And one of the important factors here to understand why this decline has been occurring is the economy. New Zealand's Reserve Bank has forecasted that the country will tip into a recession in 2023 and has lifted the official cash rate by an unprecedented 75 basis points. So it now sits at 4.25%. If you want a comparison point for where we are in Australia and, you know, we know that interest rates are high, we're only at 3.1% at the moment. Then there's a housing market. It's completely, completely shambolic in New Zealand. Since November of 2021, house prices have dropped by 11%. As a comparison, house prices in Australia have dropped just a bit over 3% in the same period. And so with the value of homes dropping and interest rates rising, many homeowners are worried that they'll soon owe more on their homes than they're actually worth. New Zealand is also experiencing a 30-year high in inflation of 7.2%, which means the cost of living is continuing to grow. And all of this is putting financial strain on some people who may have already been struggling and even pushed some into homelessness. One in six Kiwis have been homeless. Tonight, about 41,000 of us will be bedding down without adequate access to housing. This was an issue that Jacinda Ardern pledged to tackle as Prime Minister. There's growing pressure on the government to admit there is a cost of living crisis. Is there? Well, you, our viewers, are telling us that there is. And then we've also seen an increase in reports of crime out of New Zealand, particularly related to something that I had not heard of until recently, but it's called a ram raid. And this is where a heavy vehicle is driven straight into the windows or doors of a building in order to rob it. And in New Zealand, corner stores have been experiencing these kinds of attacks at heightened levels. More than 500 ram raids were reported in New Zealand last year, and that's a six-fold increase on four years ago. Right. Six ram raids and smash and grabs at retail stores overnight. Yes, just overnight in the last 12 hours, and that just in Auckland alone. Six of them. In November last year, a corner shop owner was fatally stabbed while confronting a robber, and then this event led to protests with many corner shops across the country shutting their doors and protesting these rising burglaries. The opposition National Party in New Zealand has been critical of Ardern and of her government, and they've said that her government is being too soft on crime. We can't carry on like this. We can't carry on like this in this country. This is not how we grew up. This is not the New Zealand we know and love. We have to take some action. So that goes part of the way to explain why Ardern and the Labour government ended 2022 on such a low. It's been a tale of two parties at Parliament today, with Labour trying to shrug off the latest poll results, with Jacinda Ardern and her party showing their lowest results since taking power. 
And this wasn't ideal for the Labor Party with an election on the way, which we now know will be in October of this year. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. There's this fascinating difference between her domestic perception and international perception. I'm interested to know from you, what do you think her legacy is going to be both at home and abroad? Um, Well, I think that, again, I need to acknowledge that I don't live in New Zealand, that the economic factors that might influence voters in New Zealand don't apply to me. And so all I can judge Jacinda Ardern is what I have seen on the international stage. And I guess for me, the legacy that I will take away from her prime ministership, and she said this during her speech, but it's this matching between kindness and compassion with strength and leadership. I want to finish with a simple thank you to New Zealanders for giving me this opportunity to serve and to take on what has and will always be the greatest role of my life. I hope in return I leave behind a belief that you can be kind but strong, empathetic but decisive, optimistic but focused that you can be your own kind of leader, one that knows when it's time to go. I think so often we pigeonhole what women in leadership should look like, should act like, uh, how they should govern. And I do think that she uh, really changed that and transformed the way that we understood leadership and certainly how she brought empathy to leadership. And I think that is something that will be sorely missed uh, on a global stage. It does sound like there were some serious policy issues for her Mm. domestically, though. Why do you think that hasn't cut through to international audiences? I think, and it's probably the same with how we would view US politics. When you're not living in the country, you just kind of see the top line. You see the broad strokes, you see the big moments. And so when your livelihood and your life doesn't depend on the policymaking of any individual or government, it is certainly a lot easier uh, to perhaps assess kindly what they have done and the legacy they have left. She certainly maintained that trademark decorum and honesty and kindness all the way up until the end of her semi-retirement speech. It'll be interesting to see what else she does in her life. She's still relatively young for somebody who's leaving the top job in their nation and uh, this won't be the last that we see of her. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Daily Oz. Hope you're having a good start to your week. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a sunny Monday. Hold up. 